Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. This is your host, Paul Arnold, talking from Dexter, Michigan. And I have a bunch of knuckleheads that I call friends who join me with this podcast. And the two knuckleheads up tonight are Ernest Watts in Rockingham, North Carolina, and Nate Moyer from Trumbull, Connecticut. And we're glad to have you guys. So I already called you a knucklehead, both of you. What would you call me? You know, endearing men's a male name. You know, when you see a buddy, you call him a nickname that sort of makes fun of him. All right, Nate, can I say we... Baldy? Can I say Baldy? You Is can that... say Baldy. It wouldn't be the first time. I think that's hair deficient. Yeah, I think it's hair deficient is that term. No, I have plenty on the rest of my body. I just don't have it on top of my head. So well, I had some Yiddish friends. Can I call you schmuck? Schmuck. Dinner with schmucks. Yes. Remember that oh, no, movie? No, no, well, yeah, among the the Jewish community, that's a term of endearment. Yeah. He's a good schmuck. He's a, ah, schmuck. He's a good schmuck. Yeah, he's a yes. schmuck. Well, schmuck you guys are pretty mild. Yeah, knucklehead. I, when I hear knucklehead, I think of the Three Stooges, you know. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Certainly. <laughs> Certainly. Nate, have you ever seen an episode of the Three Stooges? I have seen the Three Stooges. What is it? L- Larry Cur- Curly. I was going to say, can you, can you name all five of them? Yeah. <laughs> and I then can there's only Shep. Three of them. Only three of them. There's five. There's extra. When one or two dropped out, Curly dropped out, and then they added Shep. And then what's the last one? Curly Joe? Larry Curly Joe, yes. yes. Boy, look five. at Paul. He's got hey. his, his, his stooge trivia. Yeah, wise guy, wise guy. All right, we should get to some sports because that's what this podcast is all about. And we've been talking NFL, NFL so much. And so we're finally around to the NBA. And um, there's been a lot of trades recently. So these guys are going to play who got the better deal. And so we'll start with the first trade that I picked up on uh, how the, the Bleacher Report, the website was rating the best deal. So here it is. And start with Nate. Here's the trade. Golden State Warriors received Andrew Wiggins, 2021 first-round uh, pick, and a 2021 second-round pick. And the Timberwolves, Minnesota Timberwolves, received Jacob Evans, who? Delangelo Russell, I know who that guy is, and Amari Spellman. So, Nate, who got the better deal? Uh, if you're playing for this year, I would probably say the um, Timberwolves did. But I think if you're playing long term, I think the Warriors did. You think about the Warriors; they're going to have Curry's probably going to play this season anyway. You covered but both sides, have, man. He's, you're going to get, but I, I think long term, I'm going to go ahead and say I think Golden State's in a better position next year because you figure everybody's going to be kind of healthy. Obviously, there's no Durant, but they're going to have Clay Thompson, Curry back, and Wiggins. I think that's Next year, that's going to be a great, great thing. For, so it just depends. I, I guess if your if your question is which team helps right now, then it helps Timberwolves. If you're talking about which team for the future and sets their team up better, I think the war. I think the uh, the Warriors made out All well right. with, with Wiggins and the draft pick. So I would I would say uh, yeah, I'd say Golden State. I can what tell you, you have a Korean politics man. All right, Ernest, what do you think? Timberwolves got a lot better because Wiggins, who's probably one of the biggest disappointment to be a number one overall draft pick of all time, is a poor man's Harrison Barnes. They've already had this. We've seen this before. Wiggins just not consistently hit the three-pointer to be a 3-and-D guy. He cannot play defense. He is um, he is mediocre. Not you don't believe only in getting, Steve Kerr's ability to get him better? Uh, no, no. I, I think, and a lot of people have concentrated on Russell. Well, they did pick up, and they needed a lead guard. Uh, they need someone, to, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, to have another scoring threat against them. But I think the real steal in this draft pick, this trade, excuse me, is Omar Spellman. Uh, he dropped 40 pounds, was a rookie with Atlanta last year. Mm. He was playing very well for the Warriors. I think he's somebody who can come off the bench, be the first man off the bench. So I think the Timberwolves did well. Draft picks, you never know how they're going to turn out. And, and again, Wiggins has been such a disappointment. He has no killer instinct. He didn't have it at Kansas. He didn't have it in Minnesota. And I don't see how he's going to develop. He's not playing a video game, man. He doesn't have to have killer instinct, does he? I think he, I think Wiggins will do well because I don't think there's any pressure. There's no pressure on him. I think once Clay Thompson's there and Steph Curry's, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think he has to uh, put the team on his back. I don't think much is going to be expected of him. He's going to be able to fill in because he knows he's going to be the number three at, le- at best. Why does everybody hate Delangelo Russell? Why does he get moved so much? I just think because guards are 
pretty accessible. I think the market's full of guards who can shoot the three. I think L.A., they put a little too much on him when he was with the Lakers. He's not a star. He is a good, solid, above-average ball player. But the Lakers kind of looked at it. Anytime you're drafted by the Lakers, you're supposed to become a superstar. I mean, look look what happened to uh, Brandon Ingram, who now is an all-star once he left the Lakers to go to the Pelicans. And he was averaging 14-7, pretty solid numbers with the Lakers. You send him to the Pelicans where that pressure's away from him. He's a 20 and 10 guy. So I think if he had been drafted by anybody been the Lakers, I don't think he'd been Russell would have been a commodity that was moved around. I think the Nets would have loved to have kept him this year. They just mm. didn't have the salary cap room. Ernest, I think you're too hard on Wiggins. I agree with Nate. I think this is good for both teams. And I think uh Golden State did a bunch of good moves. I think they're really smart to take this year and just set up their future years. I think I believe in Kerr. I think he's doing the right things. And why not do this now when everybody's hurt? So let's go to the second trade. Ernest, I'll let you go first on this. The second trade is Memphis Grizzlies received, oh gosh, here goes these names, <laughs> Gargu Den. Is that the right way to say yeah, it? Yeah. Dion yeah, Waiters, Justice Winslow, and Miami Heat received Justice Winslow. Justice right? Winslow, yes. Oh, Justice. I'll do him justice by saying justice, it right. Justice. And, and Walters is, that, that is already, Walters just is already been waived. Yeah. Walters has already been waived. Well, okay, let me He's finish the, Let me finish this. All right. All right, the Heat received Jay Crowder, and then uh-huh. Igladala, which is the big name, and Solomon Hill. And then the Timberwolves got in on this and received James Johnson. So out of these three teams, who got the better deal, Ernest? Well, Miami got under salary cap hell because they were really against the level with James Johnson. And uh, I, I think they didn't want to get rid of Winslow, who I think could be a he can be a point forward. Injuries has been the big problem with him. Crowder's a three and D guy. I think this makes the Heat the second best team in the East. Ooh, they got they got their cap down low. But Icky's old uh, man. Yeah, but you know they what they'd be able to perform with with Nunn and uh, Hero and some of the kids they drafted this year. Duncan Robinson, maybe really, Duncan Robinson. I mean, they have really a solid team. These are all guys on their first contract. So now they're under the cap. They're going to be able to bring someone in next year. So long-term and right now, the Heat did real well. But I, I think they really will They'll regret getting rid of Winslow because Winslow can be a solid point forward in the future. And Memphis is set up real well, too. What's I Pat Riley's nickname? Uh, I mean, Skeletor? Uh, who? Yeah, Skeletor is pretty much. I mean, he, he's always one step ahead of God. You don't want to get in a poker game with Pat Riley because he's going to be three moves ahead of you. All right. Unless you're I, LeBron James. Yeah, I interrupted you enough times. All right, Nate, you have an interrupt-free time here. Go ahead. Who got the better deal? I guess we could say it's a fire sale because I think the Heat won. Ooh, um, nice dad uh, joke. Do you not agree no, that the like, second-best team down the East? Would you not agree with I don't know if they're the second best team, but I, I like that. I think uh, Jay Crowder I actually got to see him a couple weeks ago when he was on Memphis before the trade deadline. Um, gosh, that guy is just huge in person. I mean, you just you see him on TV, but you never know how big they are. But um, no, I, I like the Heat. Um, I don't know if the Heat are going to be able to win the East, but I think they got better from this trade. So I'm not going to say who you know the best of each each team, like Paul said I did in the first round. Uh, with my being a politician. So I'm just going to say the Heat. I like the Heat, what the Heat did. All right. Well, the third uh, trade thing we got here going on is something near and dear to my geographical area. And, Nate, you can respond first. The Cleveland Cavaliers receive Andre Drummond, and the Pistons receive John Henson, Brandon Knight, and then Cleveland or Golden State's 2023 second-round pick. Yike. All right, Nate, which one got the better deal? I like the Cleveland deal. Um, obviously not in terms of his contract, but I think Drummond going to Cleveland's a good uh, – I would say they probably won of it. I was a little disappointed the Suns didn't go after Drummond because I feel like they had some assets that would have been better um, better used. And I know they want to move uh, DeAndre Ayton to the power forward spot, so if they would have gotten Drummond, that would have been uh, – I feel like good for the Suns, but they didn't do it, but – good for Cleveland I feel like I, I don't think Cleveland's gonna get over the top with them but um I like I like Drummond go Cleveland of, of that side of the trade you know Drummond's contract Ernest, ends think? man this year you realize that 
That's what I mean. That's why I said contract wise. Oh, I don't, clear I don't think some contract. Is a smart thing. Yeah. way they're not. They're not going to. You know, this is this isn't guaranteeing him after this year. So, and I don't think they're going to win it this year. So, you know, they're going in all in, all in on him, and hope that he'll want to resign there. We'll see what happens. But um, outside of you, take the contract part of out of it. I say Cleveland wins. Okay, Ernest. Ernest, what about you? Can this be a trade where both sides lose? I mean, the, the game has changed so much. I mean, you're 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 in Pistons country. I am. Drummond never played for the last five minutes of the game because he shoots fifty percent from the free throw line. So if he's on the court in a close game, you're going to foul him. He's a twenty and ten guy, but post players are past saying that. Look what Houston did by trading Capella. There used to be an old basketball league called the World Basketball League in the eighties where you had to be six foot four or less to qualify for the league. That's the Houston Rockets right now. They have nobody over six foot nine on the entire team. They've gone everybody on the perimeter shoot. I mean, we're getting away from post playing that this, you only got one, two quality post players in all the NBA right now. And they're the two teams that are first in each side of the team. That's AD with the Lakers and that's the Greek freak with Milwaukee. The rest of the teams are getting away from post players. There is another trade you haven't spoke about that I think may change how the league goes, and that's the Clippers picking up Marcus Morris mm. from the Knicks for Maurice Harkness. And that gets another defensive player for the Clippers, and that will lead us to, I believe, you're going to talk about our picks Right now? Well, I had one more trade, and then we'll go to oh, our I'm picks. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. stepped all over. All right, go no, ahead. No. Jeez, Ernest, really. Jeez, I'm sorry. I feel the shoe in the back of my here. head, man. Wow. I know, I know. Wow. I'm oh, air oh, dominant. Oh. That's what I'm trying to do. Sorry. <laughs> That's your nickname. Well, I guess we know which, which trade we need to talk about. What? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. The trade last one I was going to talk about really just involved picks and players, meaning that Golden State is picking up Three draft picks for two players. They're going to get Dallas's 2020 second round, Denver's 2021 second round, Toronto's 2022nd second round pick, and the 76ers get two players, Alex Burks and Glenn Robinson the third. And I'm thinking, wow, way to load up for the future. Just like I was mentioning earlier, that they're saying, hey, we got the nucleus. If we can pick up some good players in the next five years, probably. I don't know. How long do you think Curry is going to play, Nate, when he's still relevant? Um, I'm sure he's got at least five more years left, I would think. Um, good years. I mean, it's it's hard to tell. I know he's got that ankle issue, but um, gosh, with athletic uh, medical things these days, um, I, I, I'd say at least five more years. I don't know. I mean, I, I think Clay would probably be a year more than him at least. So, but your, your question was Cur- Curry, so I'll say at least five more years. I don't know what Ernest Ernest thinks. He'll probably have a nice. I'd really be concerned. He's had four surgeries on that ankle, and you, you kind of wonder if this is a career-defining type of injury, if mm. it's one more time and he's out. So the idea, and guards don't last past age 30. I mean, they, they pretty much. Like running backs. Yeah, like running backs. You just don't see them last like big men do or, you know, someone big like. Uh, LeBron in that respect. So I I don't think it's a guarantee that, that Curry's going to be there. I, mean, you know, I know they added him in the list of 44 for the Olympics today, but he, he, that ankle concerns me because this has been an injury that's it's pretty much been in his whole career. And, I, you know, everybody talks about getting draft picks and acquiring them. <laughs> I look at NCAA basketball right now, and outside of the kid who left Memphis early, hey, I don't see a lot of Ernest, impressive overseas, players. Overseas, man. You see these draft picks yeah, to get people overseas. Not a, okay, okay. It's not Let's, a great draft. It's not uh, a great draft. I agree. I don't think it's – and they're second rounders. So you're, you're basically trying to find somebody that you're going to stash in uh, maybe the G League or something. I've developed these guys, but I, I don't – second rounders in general are really not that – Ernest, maybe you can tell me what's the best second rounder. What's the best NBA player that's been a second rounder? Can you think of Draymond, any? Draymond. Draymond, Draymond Green. Draymond Green. Yeah, Draymond Green's been the best one. Uh, you know, the, you can get guys the latter part of the draft, but even European guys, you look at Thon Maker, you look at uh, what's the guy that uh, Milwaukee just left that used to be with Phoenix? Uh, Bender. Uh, Dragon Bender. 
Yeah, Dragon Bender. Didn't they draft him top five? They did. No, he was the top ten. I think top they, ten. They, they drafted him. They drafted him and uh, Marquis Chris. Same draft. They're supposed to be like the Knicks Twin Towers, and both burned out. I think actually Chris is doing much better. I think he's on Sacramento now. He's been doing yeah much. in Sacramento. I'm not sure what to see. There's all kind of European guys who flamed out. So the idea, I mean, I don't put the value in draft picks that a lot of other people do in that respect. And out of Wiseman, who left Memphis early, I don't see. I mean, I like I like the kid for Iowa, the power forward, but I don't see a lot of guys in college basketball that are wowing me right now. This is a down year. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I I don't see that Golden State. I mean, when you look at where the Clippers are setting themselves up and Dallas will be in the future, and if the Lakers, you know, they're a little old, but mm-hmm. uh, Dallas and the Clippers are the two teams that I think next five years are going to rule the West. Well, I was going to ask you guys who's going to be in the finals, but I want to go off script a little bit. Um, did you guys okay. see here that Coach K was whining about the state of college basketball and the one and done. And I thought, wait a second here. He has embraced the one and done. How many players have come through there? And they're still rated. The Dukies are still rated in the top 10. And he's whining. I'm thinking, come on, Coach K. And then earlier this year, he takes the Duke crazies uh, for Cameron crazies to task because he thought they were giving Jeff Capel a hard time as the coach of their team, and they actually were just, you know, giving him a shout out. Is Coach K jumped the shark? Is he done? I mean, how much gray hair would he have if he didn't dye his hair? That's what I want to know. He's not done. I mean, he's got uh, one of the top five recruiting classes coming. He's done this all along. His his basis of the argument is he wants a mojo domo. He wants a commissioner of college basketball because he he complains about well, so much attention is paid to college football as opposed to college college basketball doesn't get the respect to college football is here's news coach K college football brings in 10 times more money than college basketball. There's only one month we pay attention to college basketball. That's March. The rest of the time you don't have every week of college football is intense. And you look at the TV contracts, you look at what's pulled in college football is the big man on campus it's never going to change. College basketball will never get that status. It only exists one month. That's all. And your personal feelings toward Coach K is not feeding into your preview. Your As a UNC preview. fan, yeah. yeah. Well, no, I mean, uh, I mean, I respect him. He's the greatest basketball coach of all time. Hard for me to say, but his numbers say for it. But as he's gotten older, he's gotten some really, really strange views towards things. And, you know, basketball is is not good. listen when the conference was realigned were they realigned for basketball no they were realigned for football yes football drives the sport and he's just got to get used to that and that's hard for him to deal with but that's it and again this is he just doesn't understand he doesn't have a good read of the land yeah. he really does hey nate do you ever feel like coach k is one of these guys that you see him on tv and you just can't stand him but he must be really great in person for all these people to go there. Is that your view too? Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to put it. Um, I mean, you kind of love to hate Duke, right? Cause the, it's just cause they were always winning, but um, no, that's, that's a great way to put it. I'm sure if I met him in person, I'd be excited to meet him and probably, he probably is a nice guy. Um, tons of knowledge. Seems like a good guy. Um, but you know, you just, you associate him with, you know, the Duke, it's like Derek Jeter was probably would have been my favorite baseball player had he not been on the Yankees. I hated the Yankees growing up, yeah. but I loved everything about Jeter. But I'm like, I can't like you, man. You're on the you're on the Yankees. <laughs> you're on the evil empire. But, but I know if I met him now, I'd be excited. Like, oh, this is Derek Jeter. That's so cool. But you know, it's it's amazing how one team can ruin it for some for somebody. There's Mario Rivera. Rivera was one of those guys that I always respected, even though I can't stand the Yankees. He was always a class jump. Torrey was the same way. Even while Joe Torrey was winning all those World Series, I, I liked Torrey. He was just I did a like Torrey. Yeah. guy. All right, what do you say? Let's stay back with Duke. Come on, okay. tell me that you both, either one of you liked Grayson Allen. Remember that guy played for Duke? Oh, he was no, a putz. No. He was he, a putz. No. He was such a putz. He was tripping people. He'd do anything he can. He was dirty. He oh, was, I, I just couldn't putz, stand so. the guy. Leitner, Hurley. I, I mean, mean this, but, now, but Grant Hill. I have the highest respect for this I is, love Grant Hill. Yeah, like but Grant. that's one out of a dozen. I mean, most of Dukies, you're just like, Ugh. 
Or how about Gerald Henderson, who wiped out Hansborough in the game and gave him a bloody nose? Remember that, Ernest? Wound up being teammates together for the Charlotte Hornets, oh, and really? they actually they have a uh, podcast together. <laughs> what is it so called? Don't listen to them. Uh, I, was it two guys? Um, and a two guys from the triangle or something? No, two guys from triangle or a bloody nose and an elbow. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. That because he's uh, Hansborough's playing in China now and. Uh, Henderson is the pregame uh, host for the Charlotte Hornets TV network. Okay. All right. Well, I went off script a little bit, but that was just something I was interested in. So let's go to the other hot topic of this weekend, and that is the XFL. And I saw the original XFL. It was gimmicky. Uh, there was the guys that put different names on their jerseys, like he hate me, that type of thing. But this XFL really started to impress me. It wasn't as good as the regular NFL. I didn't expect that in the first week. But what I did like, it was faster pace. Um, the, some of the games were not high scoring, but the players seemed like they were in it pretty, you know, it coached pretty well. But I had to laugh at a couple of things. Gary uh, Granville, Granville coaching again after not uh, coaching for the Falcons for a long time. And then the other thing I had to laugh about is that the Los Angeles Wildcats fired their defensive coordinator, Pepper Johnson, the former Giants player, linebacker, after one week. So a uh, lot of good teams here. Now, I'm going to start, Ernest. Can you name every one of the new XFL teams? Yes. Uh, you have the Seattle Dragons. Ding. Los Angeles Wildcats. Ding. Houston Renegades. No, no. Oh, wrong. Uh, Dallas Renegades. What? Oh, Dallas Renegades, Houston Roughnecks. That's right. Ding. Washington Defenders, New York Guardians, St. Yes. Louis Battlehawks. One more. And one more, one more, one more. Florida on. team. Oh, oh, uh, Tampa Bay uh, Vipers. Wow. Ding, 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 ding. So, Ernest, you watched how many hours of the XFL? I watched three games. But I'm a sucker for football. Yeah, yeah. I didn't watch the Dallas game because I was in funeral home. <laughs> Intervention so, coming. I have an excuse. Intervention. Intervention coming up. Uh, you know, it's it's you know, uh, I'm not going to count out the many leagues which have crashed and died. I would the one thing I liked, and particularly it went real well with the Washington game, is I think they need to play their games in MLS stadiums, which is what the defenders do. Yeah, I liked that. I yeah, because like, you a, get a full stadium. Like a perfect venue. Yeah, it does. Perfect venue. It just looks good to see a full stadium because the New York game was played in the Meadowlands and the lower bowl was half filled. And that the aesthetics weren't really well for that. Uh, Dallas team plays in the Rangers baseball stadium, their old baseball stadium. They're moving to a retractable dome this year. Mm -hmm. Now LA is going to play. It'd be interesting to see if the Wildcats draw more than the Chargers mm -hmm. because they're going to be playing in the same stadium the Chargers played in. Oh. And Tampa's playing in, in the same place. Well, wait, the Chargers here. aren't playing there anymore, right? The Chargers are moving over to the new stadium next year. Right? Hope, yeah, without Rivers, yes, they're moving over to the new. <laughs> hopefully the stadium, uh, you know, they hope to have it open in time. That in the Vegas stadiums, they're talking about both of those. It's kind of hit and miss whether it'll be open by the regular season. Mm. So, Nate, did you watch any of this? Did you see that they I celebrated? I did. I got to see some of the D.C. game. Um, was it Cardell Jones, right? He's from yeah, Ohio State. Right, right, right. Eh, eh, wasn't that excited about him, but <laughs> um, no, I was, I was kind of watching. I was excited for the uh, the DC game. Um, actually, I couldn't name who they were. I can't remember who they were playing. Ernest probably. Knows. Seattle Dragons. Seattle, but um, no, I, I watched some of that. I kind of I wanted to watch more. I was kind of hoping they'd be later on at night, East Coast wise. I felt like they were on a little too early. But I think I just got so used to the NFL that I was thinking like, oh, there's gonna be a night game. Don't worry. And then I'm like, oh wait. The last uh -huh. game was at four, five o'clock. Um, no, I, I I definitely watched some more. I, I liked I liked what I saw. I just you know had commitments during the day, so I there, there, there are but. several things which will lead this to being successful. One thing they've got an advantage of is they're going to be on uh, over air network. They're going to be on ABC and Fox, some on ESPN, some on Fox One. Uh, Vince McMahon has already said he knows he's going to lose two hundred twenty-five million for the first three years. He's done this already. He's crashed and burned. You notice this time, and I hold, while I speak this gentleman, holding an original XFL football in my hands. Nice. No, no cheerleaders. 
No cheerleaders. No Aww. cheerleaders. Come on. You notice that. I was going to say no cheerleaders, no dash for the ball at the beginning. Uh, they were actually calling violent hits. I thought that was unique because that wasn't called in the original XFL. I think Vince McMahon has had so many successes, and I'm not a wrestling fan by any nature, and I don't follow wrestling. But I think it really, I mean, watching the 30 for 30 about the XFL, I think he really felt like he had an opportunity and he learned from his mistakes. Now, Oliver Luck, who's the commissioner of the league, has experience. He was the commissioner for three years for NFL Europe. And what we tend to forget was NFL Europe lasted for 13 years. Wow. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. From 91 to 2005. How many games of that did you watch, Ernest? Oh, I used to, I had to bootleg tapes off of a satellite. <laughs> I, had a, I had a friend off of an illegal satellite because the games weren't, several years weren't shown over I got to call your wife, man. This is, uh, yeah, it, it's time. I do have some football cards. I have some NFL football cards that are the, they have. NFL Europe. The, name? I think it was, it was NFL Pro Set. Did you have Kurt I Warner? Did, uh, there was, um, what was it? Frankfurt had a team. Yeah. Uh, Berlin. Frankfurt's the only one I can think in. Berlin Thunder, uh, it was the Barcelona Dragons, the London Monarchs, the Amsterdam Admirals, the Cologne Centurions. <laughs> uh, that just rolls off the tongue. I know, I know. Uh, you know the only reason they, they stopped? Was there a well, Galaxy one? Yeah, that was Frankfurt Galaxy. Oh, it was Frankfurt Galaxy. Okay. Frankfurt That's Galaxy. The, the only reason that stopped was the uh, second uh, Iraqi war. Oh. Because they were worried about the violence and the costs in that respect. But look at the, you know, Jake DeLum came from that league. Uh, Kurt Warner is probably the most famous example. A lot of football players, a lot of coaches got their start there. I, it was a reasonably success. Now, it first started out as the... Uh, Kurt uh, Warner came from the NFL Europe. I thought he was in the Arena League. He was both. He was in the Arena League first, played for the Iowa Barnstormers. Boy, I'm sick. I am yeah. sick. I know. <laughs> then he went to NFL Europe. He played for the Amsterdam Admirals because Jake DeLone was his backup quarterback. And he won the championship with uh, Bart Andrus was his coach at that time. There you go. I need an intervention. Yeah, well, I need an Well, let me take it for a while here. Okay, so okay. some statistics in case people didn't watch it. There's only one game that went over its over-under number because they're trying to be really gambling friendly with this whole league the wildcats and the roughnecks went over 52 points but most of the teams skewed skewed scored fewer than 20 points and the average game only went two hours and 45 minutes oliver luck the commissioner said i can't imagine a better debut in my wildest dreams dallas renegades coach bob stoops used to coach oklahoma said we were competitive and good and new york guardians coach kevin gilbride said the fans probably surprised how good the play was and how good the quality of the coaching is Way to give yourself credit, Coach Gilfred. And then I saw one celebration. The players are in there celebrating not with beer, not with champagne, but with Bud Light Seltzer. I wonder if Bud Light <laughs> gave them. That's a sponsor. <laughs> it's on the back of the. That's the new. That's the new uh, they were boss. shaking it up. They were doing seltzer over each other. So, yeah, hey. Shotgunning. Paul, it's called shotgunning. That's their Now, shotgunning. we have seen other uh, the NFL pick up rules from other leagues afl uh the usfl they picked up the instant replay of the new rules they have in xfl how many you think we'll see eventually in the nfl well i'll tell you the kickoff way they're doing the kickoffs i think looks horrible where you have to have both sets of players on a scrimmage line back by where the guy's going to receive the ball i get they're trying to reduce the injuries but it looks horrible if you ask me so I hope that's not. I, I think they'll probably change. Yeah, I mean, it, it, this is all they got to figure out what's going to work and what's not going to work. And I think the XFL is smart enough that they're going to change things, and they can change it a lot easier than like the NFL does. NFL takes forever on some of this stuff. Um, I do like the three-two-one scoring um, for extra point. I do like that that you have the option that you could potentially get a nine-point play. So if you're playing from behind, um, you know you can make up scoring in essentially nine-point chunks, which I, I kind of like that. Um, as opposed to the kick, but then they also still have the field goals. So I, I think that's probably one of my favorite parts is I do like that they have that option. It's almost, I feel like it's, 
I feel like it's when you play backyard football with your friends and you don't have goalposts, you don't have a kicker, and you say, okay, we got to go for an extra point. All right, if you do it from like, you know, two and a half yard line, you get a point, you know, five yard line, you get two points. Mm-hmm. I mean, you never really had the three pointer, but I like that. So, Nate, what when do you, you think played. Well, ba- for go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, Nate, when you played backyard uh, football, did you diagram the plays in the ground and the sand or on your hand? Um, I think most of the time we did it in our hand. I think it was more of, or, you know, the, the other one was you'd stand there and um, with your back to the other team, right. and one guy would have his stomach and you draw it up on his stomach on his shirt. Ooh. That was probably more to Ooh. bigger, bigger field, right? So you're doing in his sweat field. marks or something? Gee, yeah, he just, the quarterback would say, hey, you go here, you go here, you go here. And, um, okay. I used to have a play where I would say, all right, on the next play, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to scramble this first play so right. that people think, hey, the first play is, this, you know, but then we go right into the second one. Right. And the second is what Ooh, we drew up. Call them two at the same time. That was my little flag football strategy. It worked. Wow. I did that in college. That was fun. Nice. See, we'd have, I'd have one guy facing forward, and we'd draw it on his back. He would feel it, but the others would see it. <laughs> and that way he could watch if anybody snuck up. That's what do you think somebody's about somebody's all-time blocker. Yeah, sorry. Like, oh, that boy. guy is not going to see the ball. That's your center. That's your center. What do you think of the one-foot catch? The All what? you got to do is one foot, one foot for a catch. To oh, really? Out I didn't pick that up. Yeah. I like that. That's kind I of think that eventually we'll see that yeah. in the NFL. And they haven't seen, they haven't had an overtime game, but the overtime is kind of like a soccer shootout. You get five attempts from the two yard line. I like that. I think that'll go faster. I like that. That's we'll the, see. I, I mean, we'll I see would like I see it in action, but it, on paper, it sounds like a good idea. See, I was thinking of if I was going to do overtime rule, I put both teams on both ends of the field, the ten yard line. Whoever scores first wins. That way, you'd speed it up. Whoever scores first wins. Split up the officials. I mean, hard for me <laughs> to pay attention, but yeah. you know, if you, if you want a quick overtime, that's the way to do. That's like, or or you just say two minutes and how many times can you score in two minutes? Whatever team scores the most. Two <laughs> there minutes. you go. I like that. Then too. you just you score and you got to get back get set like a two minute drill constantly but you got sniffing glue what's the deal with this this sounds crazy well not as bad as the baseball idea but we'll talk about that later uh quick go around the table will it last the season i say it will yes i think it will i think it will i think they're when does the season end season ends april uh end of april yeah it'll last the season and i think mcmahon's got it like he already expects to lose money. So I think that's the difference between that and the, the other one that already died, the A, AFL or whatever. Yeah. Money out. It's, it's fascinating that when the hurricanes win a hockey game, they do the storm surge of celebration two weeks ago. Uh, most Super Bowl Sunday they won and they were throwing a football around. And I was telling my brother, I said, that's an AAF ball, right? Because the owner of the Hurricanes was the last investor in the AAF. Mm. Wow. He so probably hope, has the last one left. I hope over. he has some money left. Oh, yes. He owns Top Golf. He's not hurting. Oh, he's not hurting. All right. Well, we're going to move on to the other major sport that Ernest says we do not talk about enough. And we're going to start talking about the NHL by letting Nate tell us about his second trip to the Madison Square Garden. This time, not to see a basketball game, but to see the Rangers uh, hockey. And so, Nate, did you like hockey in the Square Garden or basketball more? We talked more about this in our um, Trouble Dads podcast, which you can hear on the Trouble Dads family of um, Great American Man podcasts, right? Nice Paul, plug. That, did I say that right? Famous Famous plug. Sorry. We had talked about, we talked about the other guys about, they had all been to Madison Square Garden for multiple games, multiple sports. I had only gone to a Knicks game. We kind of talked about what's better live in Madison Square Garden, basketball or hockey. Um, so now that I got to go to two, I, I was lucky enough to go to both events within a week. This is crazy. Square Garden, I'm going twice in a matter of a week. Um, but I have to say, I, I think I liked the hockey in uh, Madison Square Garden. I think both events were great. I mean, obviously the the Knicks are terrible, but you got to look past that. Um, but I liked hockey. I think the hockey is a bigger, um, bigger square footage that you're looking at as opposed to basketball, which is a smaller court. So I think that kind of gives it a little bit more excitement. But I mean, overall, I think live hockey is probably the best sport to watch live. Um, really excited. I actually got to see Austin Matthews who plays for Toronto 
And Austin Matthews grew up in Scottsdale, Arizona, um, which is where I'm from. And, you know, the Coyotes were a big reason why he picked, took up hockey. So uh, we always talk about it like, oh, the Coyotes in the desert, what's going on there? But, you know, they, they produced Austin Matthews. I don't think you'd have somebody that talented in the NHL um, that would come out of Arizona ever. So that was exciting to see him. He scored two goals. One was just a crazy one-timer slap shot. It's so loud in that arena. That is the loudest slap shot I've ever heard going to games, and it was it was tremendous, just so loud. Um, but the Rangers still won, so it it all worked out. Um, it's a bunch of celebrities that were still there. Dolan, the owner, sell the um, team. Nobody likes him. Sell he, was, the team. he was like three three or four rows ahead of us. Um, nobody really chanted against him. That was more the Knicks game they chanted at him, but. Um, but yeah, I, I'd have to say it was definitely hockey. Both are great. I mean, if you get a chance, don't turn one or the other down. But I think uh, for for my money, I would probably pay more for hockey than basketball. You there. must have a pretty understanding wife, man. A hockey and a basketball game within ten days or so. Wow. Oh yeah, she was she was great. Not to mention my buddy Brian, that um, his father-in-law has these tickets. I guess he does some works for some law firm in New York. So. Um, great seats. I think we were seven rows back from the corner behind the bench for the Knicks, and then the, uh, the Rangers game. We were about ten rows back from the ice center. Center hey, ice. Brian, if you're listening, both. I'm available to take a trip out to New York anytime. <laughs> I mean, not to mention Brian drove to into the city too, which was great. Elizabeth, uh, my wife, got home early, and um, he picked me up. We went out there, so uh, I covered his beers, and he drove and covered the tickets. So I think Brian, that's a, I'll that's pay a for your beers cool and time. your hot dogs, man. So the beers, I, I, the beers in that arena are like 15, 16 bucks. Whoa, That's crazy. Well, maybe not. All right, Ernest. Maybe not. Same well, question and, and to you. Paul only, Paul only lives like 35 minutes from an alleged NHL team. No, no, no. I it's mean, more he, hour now. I moved alleged, a little west, but, but still. Before we get away from the Rangers, let me. you're our goalie expert, so let me ask you a question. Uh huh. Better all time goalie, Henry Lindquist or Mike Richter? Rangers goalies. Oh, you know, Richter helped them win a lot, but I think Lindquist is a better goalie. I think Richter was on a better team, uh, but Lindquist is, I think, more talented. Um, so on a Richter scale, what oh, would you Oh, yes. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Is Richter the best American goalie of all time, or is that Ryan Miller? Uh, I would give the edge to Miller when he was with the Sabres a little bit more, but I remember some other goalies – my favorite goalie growing up was Epsizito. Uh, he, he's back. Canadian, though, but he's I Canadian. Know. It's hard I'm to get. I'm an American goalie. You're making it tough on me, man. Uh, my favorite, I tell you what, my favorite all time American goalie. Oh, he isn't American. I was going to say Glenn Healy, who was my sweet mate at Western Michigan, who went on to play a long NHL career. So, anyways, I played goalie when I was in high school. And hey, hey, up, Dominic so. Hasek, Hasek, Hasek. All-time goalie, Dominique Hasek. The Dominator. All right, Ernest. Do you guys Hawk. remember? Do you guys remember Javi Bulin? Javi Bulin. Yes. yes. Oh, he was fun. He was one of the Coyotes' first. Uh, uh, he was with the uh, Lightning too. Also, start off with the Lightning. Yeah. And, well, I used and, to love Javi Bulin. The boo. We would always boo him at the games, right? Because we we're saying Bulin, like Javi Bulin. I remember people like people that had never been to a hockey game. Why are we booing him? Why are we booing him? No, no, no. His name's Javi Bulin. It's so a tribute. And we uh, have to mention Marty Brodeur. If we're going to talk about all-time great goalies. About Patrick Wah. Ah, oh, yes, I can't hear you from my two Stanley Cups in my ear. That's, <laughs> yes. What about Wah. Jonathan Quick? Was Jonathan Quick an American goalie? Yes, yes, he was. Yes, he was. He has some amazing – I mean, he that year that he took him to basically the, the Stanley Cup, that was pretty impressive. He was just unbelievable, that playoff. Ernest, you probably remember what year it is. I can't remember the year, but – Oh Good man! Grief. They, they was, won it twice, and I want to say 12, 11, 2011. Oh, wait a second, there. Ernest. Basketball game, NBA or NHL game? If you only could go to one. Oh, it depends on who's playing. That's a cop out. <laughs> wow! I mean, wow! Are I mean, you the politician you now? Are you taking no, me to a Red right Wings now. game? Are you, is there a Red Wings game? No, let's what? pick someplace I mean, close to you. Let's say. Um, okay. The closest hockey uh, hurricanes team. Hurricanes are Hornets. Hurricanes yes. are Hornets, right? Yeah. Uh, right now, Hurricanes are in the playoffs. They're at the bottom level. I would have to say Hurricanes. But what do you Hornets enjoy more when Hakeos. you go to a game? How about this, Ernest? I enjoy more? Uh, Ernest, here's, here's a great question. 
put it this way. If both were in the playoffs, right. which game would you go to? If both were I'd in the playoffs. Hornets, Hornets. There you go. There's your answer. That's how we did it for the Madison Square Garden. The Knicks were in the playoffs. The Rangers in the playoffs. Which one would you go to? That's Park, Tickets are cheaper in the parking. <laughs> <laughs> Overall gameplay. If you had a driver take you there. Yeah. It would, it would, uh, tickets for free, Ernest. Come one? on, man. Tickets are free. Food's free. Parking's free. You have a driver. He doesn't want to All pick. It's like picking between his two kids. It's, it's picking between my kids. I mean, again, it depends on who the opponent is also. <laughs> Hornets usually disappoint me. Ernest, you Hurricane, live a complicated Hurricane, life, man. Hurricanes won a national championship. They won an NHL championship in 2006. Did. So they've got a championship. The Hornets ever got that. Hornets haven't got past the second round. So, And the Hornets side, have, have, we've had since uh, 86 and hurricanes came in in 97. So the hurricanes come a lot. They're every, you know, every summer. Yeah, yeah every year, every year. Uh it's interesting because they had two choices for the name. The other name they were going to pick was Ice Hogs. I think they picked the better name in that respect. Ernest, but, will Michael Jordan ever sell the Hornets? No, I mean that's that's what made him a billionaire. No, that's it's since How money. much do you think he makes a year on the Hornets? I don't know. There's a lot of buzz around there. Oh, nice. Yeah, that yeah. really stung. Uh, I think the revenues, I know it increased in value to just under a billion dollars. He, 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 he sold parts, but he won't give up chairmanship. Yeah. Uh, and Tom Dundon, who owns the Hurricanes, who bought it last year, he's one of those. I mean, he's a guy who made money real fast. And he's he's invested in. You get new owners for teams, you always worry, you know, because you know, first I track. Want the out Suns, I want the Suns to get a new owner. That's for sure. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could probably get the Knicks owner. Don't worry. Uh, things get lo- <laughs> All right, let's yeah, get off got, the owners. You got a tough, you let's got talk about teams again. You have hard times. All right, go ahead. All right, so Sorry. Ernest, okay, NHL right now, the four teams with the best records, two in each uh, division. It's the Capitals and the Bruins. In the East, and then the Blues and the Canucks in the West. If you had to pick two teams to make the finals, who would it be? You know, the first place team hasn't won the Stanley Cup in like twelve years. Uh, I like the <laughs> Bruins. I like the Bruins and what they're doing, and I feel for the fans of Canada because they haven't had a championship team since nineteen ninety five, ninety four. Excuse me. So I'm gonna go Oil. No, Vancouver's been in it. They haven't won it. They haven't won. No, it. they haven't won it. No, no, yeah. no. But they've been in it. I mean, thousands, right? I mean, the the Maple Leafs are the Chicago Cubs of the NHL. They haven't won since '67. So Austin Matthews like, might change that. Yeah, I, I like the Bruins. Are solid. Pasternak and and the whole crowd. That's a solid team. I enjoy watching them play. And the Oilers. I like Connor David. I, I mean, that's a team that's got a lot of scores on it. Uh, it's whoever the hot goalie is. So I'm gonna say it's gonna be Oilers and Bruins. But if I said right now you held a gun to my head, I'd say Bruins are going to win it all. I don't want to put a gun to your head, so let's talk to Okay. Nate. I mean, me and Nate would rather have an Arizona and Hurricanes, but that ain't going to be a, ain't no. going to be Arizona. No, here's, here's what the Stanley Cup is going to be. It's going to be the Arizona Coyotes. They're going to come out of they're, – they're, they're playing all right, but they're going to hit their stride. They just some had some uh, five twenty million dollars thing they find they have to pay. They're going to pay that. We're going to be good to go after that. Rick Tockett's doing a great job coaching that team. That's going to be your Western Conference. Eastern Conference, I think it's going to be the Tampa – I mean, not Tampa Bay, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs behind Whoa. Austin Matthews. You're going to see Austin Matthews playing against his Arizona Coyotes. And who Stanley wins Cup. it all? Oh, I've got to say Arizona. <laughs> you're you're so loyal to Arizona, man. It's just crazy. It's, every year, I'm telling you, every year I'm picking the Coyotes. Unless they're absolutely atrocious, I'm picking the Coyotes every year until all they right. do it. So we got a little time, so we're going to go off the board a little bit. Um, before we started the podcast, both these guys were talking about how Major League Baseball is trying to be relevant again and tweaking, or uh, even if that's a word, I don't know. Tinkering, excuse me. Tweaking, tweaking. Tweaking? No, don't say twerking, man. We don't need to go there. I don't know. They, they consider it major changes when, is the way uh, one article. So I, I feel like Major League Baseball is desperate for attention. It's like that third child in a – family of five or six where they doesn't get enough attention compared to the NFL or the XFL or the NBA. So it's like MLB is trying to get some press right now. And Ernest, you want to give us a summary of the proposed changes they're offering? 
Quick summary. Uh, quick summary. <laughs> They're going to add four more teams to the playoffs. There will not be a 163rd game. There will not be no tiebreakers at the end of the regular season. The top two teams in both leagues will have a bye, while the other teams and the higher teams, the teams with the most wins, will be able to determine who they play. They will select a reality type show, probably produced <laughs> by Mark Burnett. Need somebody gets a rose or not a rose? Baseball survivor, I guess. I don't know what this. They'll select who they play in the playoffs, and will be playing baseball until Thanksgiving. Unfortunately, uh, Manfred is the worst excuse. And then the games will probably last four and a half hours long, which means eight o'clock game will start at nine o'clock. So they'll be playing at three o'clock in the morning. Ernest, you don't like yeah. any about- of the commissioners. You you haven't liked any of them, have you? Uh, I like. Batman, I like Batman because everybody picks on him. Goodell's okay. I don't like Stern. I mean, well, it's not Stern. Excuse Stern's me. Not, not available <laughs> Stern's anymore. Stern's not available anymore. I'm sorry. Really like Adam Silver. Uh, the NBA. Adam Silver. I'm not. He's a dookie. I, I think can't him. I think Adam Sa- Adam Silver's. Adam Sandler. <laughs> the Sandman. <laughs> I think I think Silver's probably been the best commissioner of all of them. I think he's. Uh, he dealt with the uh, what was the old Clippers owner. I, th- I feel like he dealt with that Sterling. pretty well. Um, yeah, even think, he's. Uh, but he's talking about I this. He's trying. Dumb, he's talking about this dumb January elimination tournament, a made-for-TV product. I, it's I don't, dumb. I don't. I don't hate that. I mean, it's not. I don't know if that's going to work or not. But I don't. I don't hate the idea. But I think he's kind of open. Um, he's not kind of set in his ways like some of the older commissioners are. And um, I don't know. Baseball, all Nate. things considered, think, you think these are good eh, changes? The for the changes for the playoffs, I, I think it's a little too weird. I think the the part of it where you can pick the yeah. team you're going to play yeah. is a little weird. I think that's. I, I don't know. I, I feel like that's weird because I feel like if you pick a team you're going to play them in a best of three and then you lose, yeah. it, it's kind of on your, your. It's your own fault that you picked the wrong team to face against. Um, I, I don't like that part. I think they should assign it. The team just go out and play ball. Um, I like that it's expanding a little bit, but I, I don't know because I feel like once anything can happen once you're in the playoffs, and I know that if you have the, the best or league, right, it's the American League or National League, if you have the best one, then you get the bye weeks. You're not worried about playing these fringe teams. Um, How so about that's, the rest an of the- to win it. How about right, the rest of the then, major league teams picking who you have to play, like Survivor, like the tribe has spoken? I that that's <laughs> just silly. I, I don't like that. I think they should either random randomly assign the teams to play each other, or say highest versus lowest. I think that's the way to do it. It's just always higher highest versus lowest, like you have in March Madness. I think that's highest versus lowest. It doesn't matter. You got the pitching matchup, so you could have you could be the lowest ranked team and play this number two team, and if you have a best rotation for three games. You you know you can upset them so yeah who won the World Series this year a wild card team this because of true. the pitching staff yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean it's hey I got news if he wants to help baseball how about give the pitchers and catchers headsets let's speed <laughs> up the game and we're not out there for three and a half hours all right speed the game up take time away between commercial breaks run commercials at the bottom like you do a soccer game speed the game up once you step in the box you can't get out to adjust your hat, your jersey, your shoes. You step in there and you throw, yeah. Steve Speed Finley would up. hate that rule. Steve Finley would hate that rule. You ever see Steve Finley when he yes. gets to the Oh, uh, Hargrove, when he played with the Indians, oh, it was horrible. a human rain delay. Uh, hey, you step Steve out. Steve is right. awesome. I love Steve Finley. I liked him when I met him in the Padres. I didn't meet him, I'm sorry. I waved him in the outfield, and he used to always wave back to our section when I was a little kid, and then he ended up coming to the Diamondbacks, which was really sure. cool. Was there a I very was, attractive was, woman behind you at that time? Was there a very no, good there was not. Woman? I was with my grandmother. Uh, so. Okay. Maybe he's waving at your grandma. You never know. Could have been. been. He was a nice guy. So when he came uh, over here, I thought I was excited. But I, I just I got a kick out of it every time he got in the box. He would just grab like four different parts and grab his crotch and everything. And just all like, right. Grabbing crotches. We're going to stop right. right now. All right. So this guys- whole thing is this thing's a shell game, you know? We've been talking about stealing uh, signs, and the more they unpeel that onion, the more it stinks. 
because everybody steals. <laughs> so why do we take our mind off that? Don't look at the man behind the machine. It's the Just say no signs. No signs at all. No right. signs at all. We're wrapping oh, up, guys. It. Time it's is it. ticking. Time is ticking. No We're going to give okay, you guys fine. a minute each to wrap it up because you got great hot takes. All right, Ernest, you Go got ahead, a minute. Ernest. A minute. All right. One minute. It seems like every week I do this, we've lost somebody. We've lost two big ones this last weekend. One was Robert, uh, Robert, Roger Kahn, who wrote the great book Boys of Summer, which was the first literary book which talked about uh, how aging athletes have a difficult time adjusting to life as a civilian. The other is one of my all-time favorites, and I loved his TV show. It's the only TV show that was number two in the ratings when it was canceled, and that's Robert Conrad. And I hope somewhere in heaven someone's trying to knock an ever-ready battery off of his <laughs> shoulder. Wild Wild West, Baba Black Sheet, he was only five foot eight, but he was the little tough guy. He started out with a TV show called Hawaiian Eye back in the 50s, but uh, I enjoyed it. I even took my cowboy boots and hauled it out, hollowed it out so I could put a little bomb in there like he had on Wild Wild West. This is a real Wild Wild West, not Will Smith. Okay, so kudos to Roger Kahn and Robert Conrad. Gone before their time. And if you're younger than 40, you have no idea what Ernest just said, but I agree with him. Those are two good shout-outs. All right. Jingle All the Way. He was the cop in Jingle All the Way with Sinbad and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Wow, that's still pretty Anyways, let's go on to Nate. Nate, what do you got? A last minute? That's funny. Um, I, I forgot to bring this up. We were talking about XFL. We were talking about like the best things about XFL. You know, one of the best things is no Chris Collinsworth. That's great about uh, the XFL. Uh, I really hope they don't hire him wow. to help with any of this. Greg uh, Olson no, did a pretty good job. That. I like the interviews yeah. after. Yeah, I like. I for obviously I didn't see all the games. I didn't see a lot of it, but from what I heard and on um, listened to, I, I was. I was happy with it. It seemed like they were pretty good announcers, like they had some college football, ESPN college football guys doing it too. I recognize some of their voices. So, uh, yeah, that was good. I guess I have another sad shout-out. Uh, somebody I played football with in high school, his name was Phil. I uh, just found out he passed away. He's obviously my age, so he's, he's too young. Um, I haven't heard all the details behind it, but uh, definitely sad. So um, I don't know if anybody is listening in Scottsdale, but, yeah, he uh, played football with me, and good guy, nice guy. Sad to see. Sad to see that. Mm-hmm. And my last minute is just an advice to all you guys who are listening out there, and maybe some women. Valentine's Day is this Friday, and we're recording this on Monday. But uh, hey, remember to do something. You know, show a little effort. I think I won the sweepstakes. I took my wife to see Hamilton last weekend. We had a great time and uh, amazing, amazing show. Uh, I'm mostly a sports guy, but that was just simply amazing the way they orchestrated that and uh, got it out. So remember, it's Valentine's Day, Ernest. Ernest, it's Valentine's Day. Buy so your wife buy something. my wife some XFL tickets. We'll be at the XFL game. No, no, no. And don't <laughs> buy her that rose from the gas station, that single rose that's in the plastic. Hey, you know what? You know what's really popular is I think a lot of a lot of women would like to a new vacuum cleaner. So that's a oh, great that, hey, that, you're a, or dishes. You I, I wonder if Brian has a sofa you can sleep on there, Nate. All hey, right. For oh, Ernest and for Nate, this has been part of the confusion and uh if you want to contact me and have some ideas for the show, it's a new email. It's gobluearnold at gmail.com. Gobluearnold oh, at gmail.com. Blue does not stand for North Carolina or Duke. It's for your Wolverines of Michigan who beat Michigan State this last weekend. And so for these guys, Every, have a great night. Good night. Good night. <laughs>